sit in jar in the shade. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Drink the drink that I have made. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Good evening and welcome to Drink in the Style, brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design, the District Edina, and this week, the American Society of Interior Design. I'm your host, Gregory Rich, and I'm going to help you kill your Saturday and Sunday early evenings with some booze and conversation. Tonight, we are speaking with Colleen Slack, principal at Fox Interiors in Minneapolis. Miss Slack, welcome to the program. Why, thank you, sir. <laughs> you're, you're, a, you're an honored guest. This is the first uh, episode that we've come out with in, I think, what do you think, Brett, five, six weeks? Uh, in studio, correct. Yeah, it's been... Two months, I think. We did a couple of zooms in there, but yep. But we in have studio. Not. I think it was right around when restaurants closed. Yeah, that seems about right. And I've missed it terribly. I hope I remember how to do this thing again. But uh, Colleen, you will have a place uh, in the pantheon. <laughs> I'm so honored, <laughs> so, so honored to be the first to risk the studio. Thank you. <laughs> Seriously, and I appreciate your signing the legal waiver uh, when you <laughs> sat down. Uh, we are absent, unfortunately. Our in-house coctologist, uh, unfortunately, our good friend Mr. Newkirk is uh, is again in Wisconsin tending to some family issues. So I am going to be uh, our host and our coctologist. So hopefully this goes fairly well. Um, our drink this evening is going to be a white lady, a white lady, a cocktail that was probably named uh, in a different era that that would work. Doesn't seem so kosher these days. No, no, no. And I think uh, if you were going to have something that would be called like a fuzzy navel now because that's what oh. the white ladies would drink. <laughs> but uh, but no, this is, a, this is a classic 60s uh, era cocktail as far as mm. I could tell. It is comprised uh, of three ingredients primarily or exclusively, uh, gin, um, Cointreau and lemon juice normally. However, in this case, we are going to be using lime juice. I'm assuming it's going to be okay. Usually when you add lemon or lime to a cocktail, it's to get that acid, that citric, and it's not necessarily the specific flavor. Um, I don't understand why, but there seems to be an uh, absence of fresh-squeezed juices at liquor stores and grocery stores these days. And you are too lazy to buy a lemon and squeeze it yourself, basically. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's fine. I'm good with that. You get me, Colleen. I do. <laughs> <laughs> really appreciate it. All right. So, Brett, do you recall the uh, drinking music? I need to uh, refresh music? my memory. Here we go. <laughs> there we go. All right. So uh, this is going to be a stiff cocktail. Um, it starts with basically two ounces of gin. And since we are drinking or making three. Glug, glug. Yeah, we are going to be doing six full ounces. We are using uh, Wander North uh, as our um, gin. Wander North, a fantastic distillery. Guests or listeners may recall that we had a guest on from that uh, particular distillery a while back. Next, uh, we have one half ounce of uh, citric, which is the lime juice in this case. Excellent. And one half ounce of Cointreau. Cointreau is an orange liqueur, as I recall. This drink, by the way, is absolutely guaranteed to uh, uh, save you from potential scurvy. Um, so that's a public service announcement. I'm going to be mixing this in a standard shaker. Cook it for a few minutes. Normally. Or... 
five seconds. Five seconds. Uh, time has no meaning in the, mm-hmm. in the after land. times uh, right now. And voila! We have three white ladies, a menage a trois of uh, cocktails. <laughs> just go completely inappropriate across the board there. That's what I do. Yeah, that's yeah. what I do. Usually I'm on my best behavior for ASID weeks, but uh, I haven't done this in a while. so It's a swinging group of ladies basically for the 60s. <laughs> it really, really is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Add some quaaludes and really, we have nothing but fun tonight. Key bowl in the corner. We're all good. <laughs> Awesome. All right. We've got our cocktails uh, poured. Let's have a quick sip. And Colleen, you can tell me what you think. Salud. Salud. Mm. Oh, my God. It's delicious. It is very tasty. This reminds me of a Slurpee from (gasps) 7-Eleven. They used to do the lemon-lime Slurpees. So it's got a sweetness to it. This is really tasty, but Mm -hmm. it's not a foo-foo sugar drink. And it doesn't feel heavy on the gin. I mean, even though proportionally it obviously is very heavy on the gin, mm-hmm. but it, the citrus really pops nicely against it. It really oh, – you know what this would be good with? A little mint sprig. Mm. Mm. If I'd have known, I'd brought some from the garden, but <laughs> – A quick notice for everybody who's on the show. Please bring mint whenever you're a guest on <laughs> Just in the Style. Just in case. Just in case. All right. No, we give this a uh, thumbs up. Uh, yeah. Whether this will make the Drink in the Style 2020 cocktail compendium, I'm not sure. But this is going to go down nice and easy today. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sir. All right. So let's do our traditional random question <laughs> of the day. All mm-hmm. right. Colleen, are you ready? I am. If you could play one sport professionally, what would it be? This was a tough one because I am not naturally athletic per se. I was going to ask if you're yeah, okay. no. Um I was a theater girl, as I was telling you beforehand, if that gives any indication. Um, so something that has a lot of grand movements would well, probably be good. that actually ties in perfectly. Um, I played tennis a fair amount when I was younger. I liked uh, racquetball in my early post-college years because you didn't have to go as far to retrieve the ball because it's all inside one little room. Very true. It just keeps coming back to you. But it's a nightmare on your joints. But. Eh, well, I was young. I was 20. That's true. Um, but this summer – no, this winter because it's not summer yet uh, – discovered pickleball otherwise known as pop tennis. Okay. And my parents have a place in Arizona. They converted a couple of the tennis courts to pop tennis. And it uses a smaller racket that's more like beach volleyball, beach tennis. So it's it's a smaller um, with holes in it. And the ball looks like a tennis ball, but it doesn't carry as far. Okay. So you they shrink the court size. Okay. So you're not running all the way to the back of the the. So this is why – because I've seen it and it is popular Footprint. among the senior set. Yes. Your your court is smaller, especially if you're doing doubles as a pair of seniors. Mm-hmm. You've got less to cover. Mm-hmm. And it just – it flies really nicely, just the loft of it. It just – it was really fun. And we taught my daughter in an hour how to play and she loved it. So Good for you. I, I could noticed. see playing that. It would be fun. So you should be a professional pickleball player. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> Let the endorsements just roll, roll right in. in. Baby. <laughs> the and and it's a history. small field, so it would be a lot easier to actually look less ridiculous doing it. Can you play it with a cocktail in your hand? Mm, that might be pushing it. That might, all right. Unless you had a straw and a water bottle, you know, like you've got a – the backhand <laughs> would be back hard. Yeah. Fair enough. Pickleball, uh, pickleball it is. The world – well, there probably are professional <laughs> It's an original answer though, wouldn't you say? It is. I would have thought that you'd go with something. I was waiting for golf actually. I had a sense yeah. that you might be a golf player. But no, I didn't even learn golf um, until 
like eight, nine years ago before I had my daughter, I finally took golf lessons that summer. Good for you. And then the next summer I was as big as a house and would not have been able to swing a golf ball or a club. Okay. That is. I can't swing a golf ball either. <laughs> I'm not sure you really – you may want your lesson money back if yeah. <laughs> that's the case. But last summer she got into it and so now we go and play as a family. Oh, good for you. Oh, that's awesome. I, I played uh, a couple times with my uh, my younger daughter, Avery, mm-hmm. uh, which was a lot of fun, but she's all about soccer and it just didn't bite. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break and uh, uh, keep having fun with these white ladies. Stick with us, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back in just a moment. You saw me standing alone without a dream in my heart. This is Dr. Sarah Brewer and Dr. LaShonda Jung from Roots Chiropractic. We all want a higher quality of life, but making that happen can be difficult. At Roots Chiropractic, we specialize in light-touch-specific neurological adjustments to support your body's natural ability to heal. From birth trauma to everyday bumps and falls and life's daily stresses, at Roots we offer natural, drug-free solutions to keep every baby, child, parent, and grandparent thriving. Are you ready to restore your energy and achieve overall health? We are located off of Minnetonka Boulevard in St. Louis Park. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram or on the web at rootschiropracticmn.com. Book your first appointment online today. Mention that you're an AM 950 listener and receive the VIP discount of 50% off your initial exam. Roots Chiropractic, located in the Texatonka Plaza in St. Louis Park. Roots Chiropractic. Empower your life and health. I can be happy, I can be sad, can be good, can be bad. It all depends on you. I can be lonely. Welcome back to Drink in the Style, end of Total Quarantine Edition. <laughs> Woohoo! We're back in the studio and recording a fresh episode. For those of you who have been listening to some of the reruns we've been doing, thank you so much for listening. Uh, and hopefully that is the end of the extended uh, rerun schedule. We've got guests lined up who've been moved out and forward, and we should have live shows or real recorded shows going forward. Nice. Unless we all get locked down again, in which case I just sit home with my bottles of bourbon and gin and... <laughs> and do more Zoom sessions. <laughs> do more Zoom sessions. Let me ask you. Yes, sir. How have you been doing a lot of the Zoom sessions, Miss Slack? Um, I've done a few. Most of my clients that I had in the queue were in the early phase of design. Okay. So this time period has really been spent pulling together concepts, developing work. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a few projects that were put on hold or we were doing just last little piecemeal things. So I actually did a Zoom call this weekend with okay. some clients and I had put, picked some rug options for them for two spaces. We were able to do a share the screen, look at them together, walk through it just like we would in a regular meeting and then quickly, okay, stop sharing the screen, jump over to the website, show them a video of the rug in action. You know, So it still worked really well. I don't think it'll work as well for every type of meeting moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but for certain projects, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, we've, we've done similar things uh, as well. And I mean, there, there, there are actually some benefits to mm-hmm. it, to, you know, to, to, to some extent. No drive time. Yeah, there's no drive time. That's, that's a big plus. Um, but the big problem, of course, is you can't feel, you can't mm-hmm. touch. And that's what is so important in our industry yeah. is having that kind of tactile – 
tactile interaction. Have you done any dropping off of samples ahead of time? That's mm-hmm. what I'm going to be doing later this week with one client. Yeah. Yeah, we have. And uh, that's nice too because then you can sit there and they can, you know, hold the product in their hand yeah. and, and and give you direct input. The uh, the kind of the, the Zoom two-way thing. I mean, have you done anything? Have you held up like little wood samples to the screen? <laughs> I've tried to avoid that because that sounds like my nightmare. Because not only are you dependent on the quality of your video feed but also color rendering. I mean, there's just the nuances of what we do. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's in person. Absolutely, it has to be. absolutely true. How about group things? We do oh, uh, yeah. at Habitation. We uh, we have uh, uh, what we call the Meet the Designer events at some of the uh, condominium and apartment buildings that oh, we've fun. done work for. Yeah, and uh, we did a number of them kind of early on, and I think it kind of tapered a little bit. I think everybody's gotten a little tired of the Zoom thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had at one point, I think like eleven or twelve or fourteen. Uh, actually, it was a number. Uh, people on. Wow. I know. And trying to do kind of a Zoom meet the designer talking about different things. And it was like – it was hysterical. It was like a, a vertigo experience because people kept spinning their laptops around to show you, you know, a certain part of their room. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's like you – know. Yeah. Motion sickness <laughs> yeah. in you, design land. You should be aware we're drinking while we're doing this. <laughs> so please stop making us dizzy. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you have to do what has to be done. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that. how about uh, new clients? Have you found any means of reaching out to new clients during the past few weeks? I do um, paid kickoff meetings where it's a two-hour session where we really talk through exactly what their issues are and I can deliver results okay. um, in that two-hour session. And I've already had two people just in the last couple of weeks purchase those packages and we're like, you know what? As soon as things open up, we're ready for you. Oh, that's fantastic. Tell me more. So so someone is interested in having you out to their mm-hmm. home after yep. this, yep. but they go ahead and they book you for the two-hour yep. meeting at a time. Yep. So the process of working with me starts with a discovery phone call, which they can book right on my website. Okay. So that's just a 30-minute phone call. doesn't even take 30 minutes most of the time to say, who are you? What do you need help with? This is how my design process works. Are we a good fit? And I always say, it's not just, are you my people? Mm-hmm. But do we click? Do Does this feel like the project is the type of project I want to work on and I can help you with? Mm-hmm. Not everyone is my client. Um, and that's that's the reality. Very true. Yeah. Um, so it's a good vetting process for both of us. Obviously, they've done some vetting on the back end going through my website, which I'm very clear about my process and who I am and how I work. Mm-hmm. Um, that phone call kind of clarifies it and gets them comfortable with me. Mm-hmm. And then they can book a two-hour paid consultation after that. Mm-hmm. And for some people, that's all it is. It's a DIY person. They want to just run it. They need someone to bounce ideas off of. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and that's all they need. And if they need two more hours down the line, they can buy another two hours down the line. So for all they... my other clients, it's this is how we kick off the project. Oh, that's really interesting. So for the two-hour <coughs> consultation, do they get uh, a design uh, 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 project scope? Do they get uh, – yes. uh, 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 oh, my God, I – so what I do is we walk through whatever the space is and every single item we talk about. If it's a kitchen, we're talking about the stove. We're talking about the microwave. We're talking about the countertops, the cabinets, opening a wall, lighting. Every single element that goes in is a line on a sheet that I'm filling out. Mm-hmm. And it's making the note of what we've discussed, what solutions I'm offering, next steps. And some of these things we don't get very far in in two hours, mm-hmm. but it's – it's the starting point for them to see here is the scope of what you're really looking for mm-hmm. and some preliminary solutions that can help you start moving forward with some of these and taking action. Um, 
if someone's looking at a multiple room remodeling project, mm-hmm. we're going to get into less of those details of solutions than someone who has one space that mm-hmm. they're really looking at. Um, sometimes it's I'm sketching on the back of a piece of paper. You want to convert this office into a den for TV for the family. Here's with the windows and everything the size of a sofa that would fit. Here's your sort of max size and mm-hmm. doing a quick rough sketch Okay. to give them an idea. Okay. So you don't do a full floor plan oh, gosh, no. necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> That's not realistic, people. No, no, it's not. If you are no, looking not. for that, good luck. Yeah, 100%. Um, but you can give them the direction. You yeah. can get the sense and then they can also make the decision. And, and then if they want to go out and try to find yeah. the pieces themselves, they're welcome exactly. to do so. It's a great program. Yeah. That's and great. then moving forward, they're going to be working with me and having me manage all these parts and pieces. It's our clarifying, what do you need from me? Let's really get the whole scope on paper mm-hmm. instead of it evolving over four or five meetings as, oh, well, this other thing came up. Well, this other thing came up. You know, instead where in the past it would be, who are you? Who am I? Here's my contract. Maybe we can work together. Okay, thanks. Bye. And mm-hmm. it didn't serve anyone. Fair enough. This way they really get to feel the experience of working with me and see my knowledge in action. That's outstanding. Well, that is why you are one of the premier designers of oh. Twin Cities. Oh, I think so too. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and humble, known far and wide for humility. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think. Uh, I mean, because it's it's. I mean, you hit on so many different points there. Obviously, critical that you have interpersonal connection mm-hmm. between individuals. Critical that you are on the same page as yeah. far as design and style required. Critical that you understand the reality of what you're going to get yeah. as a result of this. But you don't want to necessarily go in and just you know throw everything up and say now you're on your own. So yeah. you've got two different aspects. That's wonderful. Incidentally, you mentioned your website. What is we should mention? And I don't think at the top of the segment. <gasps> Uh, Fox Interiors. What is your website? It is Colleen Fox Interiors. So C O L L E N Fox, like the animal, interiors.com. All right. And people can go on and they can book you for that. Absolutely. It's right on the homepage. Yep. Conversation. So on the homepage, there's work with book with uh, discovery call links. And if you go to the work with me page, you'll see the breakdown of both of those packages and you can click right on through, schedule it on your end. It even accepts payment for the consultations right there. So it's paid and ready to go. Beautiful. All right. We're going to take another break. When we come back with Colleen Fox or Colleen Slack, I'm sorry, from Fox (laughs) Interiors, right? Uh, We'll be talking about more design in the aftertimes. Stick with us. Suppose and I should fall in love with you. You think that you could love me too Suppose and I should hold you and caress you Would it impress you or perhaps distress you Welcome back to Drink in the Style Saturdays at 7 Sundays at 5 on AM 950 here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Available anytime as a uh, podcast or a stream. Uh, and you know what? I'm not sure I made this pitch in a while, but uh, if you are a podcast listener, would you do me a favor? Go on to iTunes and give us a five-star rating. Uh, it sounds like uh, no big deal, but frankly, 
most people don't do it and most casts have a, a relatively small number of reviews, maybe 15 or fewer. So if you do give us a uh, rating, you're actually having an impact. Uh, if you want to give us four stars, uh, just stay home. I don't need that nonsense. <laughs> I want five stars <laughs> or nothing. If we're not a five-star podcast, you probably shouldn't be listening to us because there are a lot out there. Um, but we are a five-star podcast, so And all you have us. to do is swipe up. You just swipe up, click five stars. That, that counts. Right? Yeah. You don't have to add words. Exactly. Exactly. So please uh, take a few few moments and, and, and do that for us if you would. All right. You are listening to Drink in the Style. We have Colleen Slack from Fox Interiors uh, with us. Uh, before we get back to Colleen, though, we have to do our musical notes, <laughs> which I really enjoy. All right. So tonight we have been listening to Sinatra's Swingin' Session. <laughs> Released in 1961. Uh, I've mentioned in the past that Sinatra was a fan of using exclamation points in his album titles and he went for broke on this one. You got three full wow. exclamation points on this album. Hence the swinging session that was done. Um, oh. This – Right. This album is uh, it, it, this album is outstanding. It is fun. It's uproarious. It's freeform. Uh, a number of tracks included are your favorites that you've heard before, but it's in a much more kind of jam session oriented presentation. Uh, on the Gregory Rich album acquisition scale, known as grass, grass. <laughs> I'm giving this recording a yeah, you want to have it rating. This album is pure is a pure encapsulation of the swing in 1960s and it demands that you pour yourself a martini while relaxing in your Eames chair mm. while planning your next cocktail party. Mhm. Colleen, what do you think? Will cocktail parties be a thing? Sure. Think about this for a second. Yeah, no. I'm this, with you. This just came to mind. When bars are reopened, they're going to have limited numbers of people yeah. that can go. And quite honestly, I think a lot of people are going to be very worried about going into a bar full of strangers. Maybe this is the resurrection of the home cocktail party. I'm I'm in for it. Uh, personally, I think I love when people do a signature cocktail for an event. Mm -hmm. I think that can be really fun. Mm -hmm. But also I think we just want to gather and we want to do it in a much more casual way. Mm -hmm. I agree. And this is a chance to come together – just have some drinks and and not put the pressure on ourselves to have some perfect perfection of a party. Wow, that was a lot of alliteration. I know from... I was not intentional. It was just good fortune. <laughs> well done, well done. Yeah, no, I think it's interesting. I've often talked about uh, Lena Lavizio, who is the the, the, the uh, design studio director at mm -hmm. Habitation, and I used to talk all the time about how the cocktail party is just a dying experience. Yeah. Part of that is because there are no social norms and there's no realization that a cocktail party had a beginning, a middle, and an end. Mm. So, you know, you'd have two hours. The idea was originally yeah. you'd go, you'd have a cocktail, you'd kind of wait out a little bit of traffic or what have you, you'd spend an hour or two, and then you would go. But, you know, this in these days of all or nothing at all, yeah. people will linger and linger and linger and That's linger. That's what we had. My Back in the day, my husband and I lived in the North Loop. And we had First Friday, which the first Friday of every month, we would have an open party. Really? Yeah. And it evolved over the years. It got harder to park in the North Loop, which kind of dictated who showed up. Mm -hmm. um, it became more and more these esoteric people that were friends of friends of friends that we maybe didn't actually want to hang out with. But um, it was – we had wine. We had some liquor. We put out a big spread of cheese and crackers and veggies and whatnot and open doors at 7 
done when we say, all right, we're going to the bar down the street and kind of push the last people out the door. Good so it's much longer than a cocktail mm-hmm. party tradition. Um, but that that ritual of getting together with a random assortment of people and it was always evolving and you didn't know who was coming, a lot of people really appreciated that chance to have that casual get-together and just chat with different people in mm-hmm. a casual setting. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about this. I think this is going to be something I'm going to be talking about a lot, the yeah. resurrection of the private of the in-home cocktail party. It's going to be smaller. Yes. I think that's the, I think that's the difference if we can get these smaller groups. Mhm. I, and go yeah. deeper. Yeah, yeah. And but I mean, a good cocktail party would be well. I mean, it, it depends. I mean, I, yeah. it could be a larger group, I suppose. But in general, to me, a cocktail party would be ten, twelve people. That's a nice, manageable size, right? Where um, you can go deeper instead of feeling like you just brush the surface with a couple of them and get stuck in a conversation longer with someone else. Exactly, and not the same people. Yeah. Not the the click. We're a very yeah. clickish group. An eclectic uh, mix. We need to have a all right. Yeah. We've talked many times at the district uh, of when we get the penthouse level open mm-hmm. on the building and we'll be talking in the Habitation Audio blog about the uh, development of the district building in Edina. But having a regular two-hour cocktail party that would stand, especially if we do have, say, Wander North or someone mm-hmm. managing the bar, yeah, um, which I think would be fun. So. Yeah. Cool. I, I like, that's one thing I'm liking. Ace Idea is doing these virtual happy hours every few weeks. Yes. And we're doing topics. Um, we've got one coming up on the 27th, which I'm actually speaking at. Tell me more. I'm going to be talking about Zoom. Somehow I became the expert in our, <laughs> our community for Zoom. <laughs> I don't know how, just because I used it before everyone else. Um, but to just see friendly faces, people are a little bit more relaxed. It's not a seminar setting. It's it's talking shop and having a cocktail in hand. and. There's just something so nice about seeing those familiar faces and to be able to do that same sort of thing in person mm-hmm. is always so wonderful, especially I run my business from home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've become more introverted as I've worked from home and having a kid who's in my face all the time. Everyone is so running their I, business from home yeah, now. So, yeah. <laughs> so I, was, I was well-versed in how to do that, obviously, because I had it all set up. But missing that, that interaction and just those casual, unscheduled conversations is, is such a beautiful feeling. Okay, sidebar on this. Here's mm-hmm. I'm gonna get I'm gonna make somebody out there in the listening world really, really rich. I don't understand how there is no integrated <coughs> party game uh, app within Zoom. There All is right. an house party. There's a house party? There's a there's an app called House Party that my kiddo uses and I sometimes use with girlfriends, and you're playing games together in that app. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I picture do you remember uh, uh, an old game from the eighties called Press Your Luck? Mm-hmm. No whammies? No whammies, no whammies, no whammies. I've got six people on my Zoom thing. Why is there no whammies, no whammies, no whammies as you're shooting that around? That would be cool. I know, right? But I think a lot of people have no clue. You're like, you've got to hit the right if it generational worked, if demographic. If it worked in 82, it'll work in 2020. You just got to bring them up to speed. Just, all, you need, we, all you need is a paddle and a button to press. And, and then the little really cheesy computer graphic of him <laughs> coming across the screen. The whammy. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, you were a fan. I I didn't think – I actually did a very good job of that, but okay, close enough. (laughs) That may be our new bleep noise when someone swears. That should be. All right. So we've covered cocktail parties. We've covered everything else. Nothing on the official question list. Let's talk about nuts and bolts. Here's the thing. Mm. You are – 
tremendously effective organizer. I know this about you yeah. because we sit on a couple of committees together, mm-hmm. or a committee on, on, at ASID. And people often don't realize how many moving parts there are yeah. to a design project. Um, how do you track a project? You know, I've got – I'm a systems girl. So I love systems. I love lists. I love organization um, in all aspects of my life. So for me, it's really – I've got an active project list where I've got every single project that's ongoing. <laughs> he's not, he's sneezed. Not. It's not COVID. I was just a sneeze. I swear. <laughs> Keep going. Um, all my active projects, all the CEO tasks I have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got this sort of running document of that. And then week by week, I'm plotting out what needs to happen for each project and time blocking it out on the calendar. Okay. Paper or electronic? Are you Both. A, all right. I keep it really complex that way. <laughs> I know I should go A or B, but I can't. Well, I, I have the same thing. And for a while, I went back to an old-fashioned day timer, which yeah. actually was like Ooh. awesome. It was actually really cathartic. Mm-hmm. But in order to do paper and electronic, you need to have a level of consistency of yeah. transferring the mm-hmm. paper to the mm-hmm. electronic. Are you good at that? Yeah. So I've got a ritual of Sunday nights. I plan out my week. Good for you. Um, I I, the, all the paperwork that comes in for your house that's not essential for that week goes in a box. I go through that, just sort of checking in on bills, checking in on various paperwork that came in. But I'm also thinking, what happened last week? What got you know happened Friday afternoon that needs to get on the list? What are the priorities for this week for my clients and for myself personally? And I map it out for mm-hmm. the week. Mm-hmm. And doing that Sunday late afternoon, evening is a really great way to sort of wrap up the weekend, get into that work mindset, and start the week strong. Because when it ends up getting pushed off because life happens and it's happening Monday at 10 a.m., it's a very different feeling. But don't you sleep really well on Sunday night after you've done that? Oh, absolutely. I feel so prepared. Like I want to feel in control Mm -hmm. and prepared. And so blocking out, okay, here's all the things I'd like to do for the week. But really putting time amounts to it and spreading it out over the week with your own personal things that have to happen makes you see what's realistic and what's not realistic. And to leave buffer in there for the things that are going to pop up that you don't want to acknowledge might pop up, but you get emails that throw a a whole day off or a half a day off. So you've got to kind of plan for that. So really it's about breaking each project down into what are the next steps and having a way of tracking what's coming up. Mm-hmm. And then choosing what happens this week to get you where you need to be for the d- next deadline you've got. Within the design world, what would you say are the big bottlenecks that you traditionally keep hitting? What is the X factor that y- you time and time again run up against? I think one of the challenges on any project is when you get to the point where you've presented concepts. And maybe it's second round, third round, maybe it's the first round. And the client has to sort of sit down with their partner and talk it through. Mm-hmm. Because they'll do some of that in a meeting, but then they kind of need to process and digest it. And getting that feedback can sometimes be the slowest part. Mm-hmm. They're so eager to get the design, and then they need time to process. And What's the commitment level? That's yeah, it's a point. huge amount of money they're usually investing, mm-hmm. and they want to feel good about it, and you want them to feel good about it. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes people will respond in like less than 24 hours, and you're like, wow, that was fast. And other people, it's... You're reaching out, it's been a week, it's been two weeks, and they're not getting back to you. And I have to remind myself that getting a real conversation in with my husband, 
how many days it sometimes takes to fit that in in a week between travel schedules, working late, night meetings, child – just life happens. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's 10 days before you feel like you can sit down and you're both in a good space to have one of those deep conversations. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing an investment like this, it shouldn't be a surface-level quick conversation. You're absolutely right. That's one of the reasons to work with a, a skilled yeah. designer because you are going deep. If if it's superficial, if it's top-level, yeah. then you're not really getting value out of that relationship. Yeah. So it's not technically a bottleneck. It's just something that is a pause in the project that sometimes you don't know when they're going to get back to you and you've got to keep them moving along. Very true. All right. Let's take our final break. When we come back, we're going to be doing the Habitation audio log. And uh, stick with us. It's going to be fun. This is Dr. Sarah Brewer. And Dr. LaShonda Jung from Roots Chiropractic. We all want a higher quality of life, but making that happen can be difficult. At Roots Chiropractic, we specialize in light-touch-specific neurological adjustments to support your body's natural ability to heal. From birth trauma to everyday bumps and falls and life's daily stresses, at Roots we offer natural, drug-free solutions to keep every baby, child, parent, and grandparent thriving. Are you ready to restore your energy and achieve overall health? We are located off of Minnetonka Boulevard in St. Louis Park. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram or on the web at rootschiropracticmn.com. Book your first appointment online today. Mention that you're an AM950 listener and receive the VIP discount of 50% off your initial exam. Roots Chiropractic, located in the Texatonka Plaza in St. Louis Park. Roots Chiropractic, empower your life and health. Should I reveal exactly how I feel? Should I confess I love you? Should I recite beneath the pale moonlight and swear by the stars above you? Could I repeat the sweetest story told? Could I entreat? Welcome back to Drink in the Style. Should I, on this particular album, is the best recording of this particular song ever. If you guys are Spotify fans, go in. Listen to this particular version of Should I. It was remastered in 1998, um, but the original is also massively awesome. I'm Gregory Rich. You are, uh, as I said, listening to Drinking the Style. Our guest is Colleen Slack from Fox Interiors. Colleen, we talked about your website, but once again, give us your Instagram address. Uh, it is Colleen underscore Fox underscore Interiors. All right. And you've got some great projects up there. And all the projects that you have are your work, correct? Yes. If I if it is not my work, I will tell you who I'm posting it from. Excellent. Fair enough. Um, we would normally do the Habitation Audio Log, but we've had some technical problems. Um, so we're going to skip that completely <laughs> and go straight forward to it's another question. It's all good. Question. Yeah, right? Um, all right? Blame COVID. We blame I do. it on everything else. So Thanks, Obama. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No one's used that in a while. <laughs> yeah, that's a callback right there. I like it. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, all right. Here's what we're going to talk about. The future of design at, here in the aftertime. So, so, so look, people are, are, are just coming out of weeks and weeks of being at home. Colleen, tell me, how do you think that home design is going to change 
after this quarantine era? You know, I think there's a couple different ways. I think for one thing, a lot of people were only in their homes for a few hours mm-hmm. in a week. Um, they were busy running around all weekend. They're at the office. They're scurrying through their to-do list. They're not paying attention to their spaces they're in. And now we've all been fully immersed in the um, the things that were working and the things that really weren't working. And we're seeing the pain points in our homes. And I'm seeing a lot of people reach out ready to take the next step on the projects that have been driving them bonkers through this period. So that's part of it is is finally taking the next step. You know, we all have things that bother us and we keep brushing them under the rug. And a lot of people are stepping up and saying, you know what? I don't have to live this way anymore. I can love my home. Um, so I think that's one is just taking action. I think a lot of us have been kind of busy with all the other to-dos in our lives and pushing certain things down the to-do list and priority um, and realizing how much our homes impact how we feel on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I often say to clients is, how do you want to feel in this space? Mm-hmm. And What a great way of looking at yeah, it. Yeah. It's, it's not just, do you, do you want it to look like a hotel? What's that feeling that creates for you? And we're realizing being in these homes, what feelings they're creating for us. And certain things stress us out. So can we eliminate them? Can we repurpose spaces? I think another part is multifunctional spaces. People are having to, you know, you see in the commercials on TV where they're, you know, here's the dining room table and there's a line down the middle and one side says home and one, you know, school and one side says work. You know, the families are Uh literally breaking it down at that level, having to carve out spaces for oneself, um, whether you're in 400 square feet or 4,000 square feet. Um, there's a, a need for the togetherness, and I think people are realizing how refreshing it was to, to turn things off, say, the end of work time and play board games together mm-hmm. um, and putting that priority on family time in a new way. Mm-hmm. So making room in the house for that as a priority. Um, we're cooking more. So I think hopefully this is the return of the kitchen as a place we actually use and not as a show place. It's a, oh, because you do a lot with kitchens. Mm, I do a lot right. of kitchens, yeah. A realization associated with function yeah. overall. What about, what about stylistically? So do you see this as creating a more um, – I don't know how to put it uh, – a, a more streamlined style associated with people's homes? Or do you think we're going to get into a more ornate era? Mm. You know – I tend to go towards the the things you love, but not let them take over your life. So the less things you have in your house, the less they control you. Oh, oh, that's deep. Right. So expand on that. We're in our houses. You don't have your cleaning guy come in anymore. It's not safe to have him come. No. Now you've got twenty million things collecting dust. Who's who? And it's visual distraction as well. So the more we can streamline but keep the cozy, that to me is the sweet spot. That is – and that is a hard mm-hmm. – that is a hard target to hit because, again, the minimalism, I think you're absolutely right, is going to be a trend. I think people yeah. are going to want to cut back. Thrift stores are going to be overwhelmed. And the U-store, self-storage places yep. are going to be yep. huge. But it is really hard getting that – 
sweet spot between the minimalism mm-hmm. and the individuality yep. associated with it. How do you see that happening? You know, I've 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 been working on this for a few years in terms of I've followed minimalism blogs and I've followed people who are like, you know, you can be minimal but in a everyday way. It's it's having the things you need and that number of things is very different for everybody. Mm-hmm. And some people want seven dishes, seven cups, seven plates, what have you. Other people, it's – I have the right mixing spoons, but maybe there's seven of them because I really use every single one of those mixing spoons for something different. And sometimes I cook so much, I'm using all seven at once. Mm-hmm. It's it's finding that sweet spot for yourself. Mm. Um, and sometimes the coziness comes not from 40 pillows but three good ones that fit you just right when you sit in that spot and you're propped up and you've got the right throw blanket that's the right weight and it's just so effing cozy when you turn on Netflix to chill or frozen, what have you. you know? <laughs> There's, no. but, it's, but it's finding that, that space that makes you feel supported and comfortable and cozy and that you can have people over and they're not overwhelmed by your stuff, mm-hmm. but they feel comfortable putting their feet up. Mm-hmm. They feel welcome and invited into your home. Although a lot of people are uncomfortable around minimalist design. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the distractions sometimes are beneficial in mm-hmm. that they create literal distractions. Yeah. That's running through there. But um, I, I agree with you. I think I think paring down – I mean the pillow thing is – hits me yeah. straight in my heart because I, I, I like pillows but I – my my sofas are filled with pillows. <laughs> I throw them on the floor. I want one or two good solid pillows. That and I think that depends on the person too, right? Mm-hmm. So my husband's six foot one. He doesn't need any pillows to fit the depth of a sofa. Whereas if I'm five four, I need maybe two pillows to sit in the same spot and feel comfortable. Fair enough. Because it's the seat depth. So it's thinking about even just that you have seats throughout your living room that fit different scale people. Are you familiar with the uh, with the uh, is it Cezanne uh, Rene something other? He's mm. got the two depth seating sofa uh, sectionals. Mm. So one side has uh, a much shorter, deeper, Ooh. or narrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tenure. It's it's worth something. What about colors? What do you see as being colors that are coming out of this? Mm. This That's wasn't tough. on the uh, no. On the cheat this sheet, is so I know he's he's put me on the spot, people. Yeah. Um. You know, the warm grays are obviously the thing. True browns, the navies have been classic for a while. I think we're going to start wanting these pops of color, just the sunshiny, cheery colors. I think we might see a resurgence of these sort of pure, bright, bold colors in accents. Okay. Um, I remember when 09, we went through the previous recession that really impacted the interior design industry in a big way because it was tied to housing in a lot of ways. Um and I remember Benjamin Moore had two color palettes and one was much more saturated and pure and one was more of a complex grayed out. And and they saw a difference in what people were leaning towards. Which they, direction? I what? think it went – if I'm remembering correctly, it was going to those pure bright colors. Really? We sort of needed this cheeriness. We needed happy, uplifting kind of vibe and people went a little more playful, a little bit more bold. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. See, I'm torn. I find myself. I wear. I, I, I keep pulling all the darkest things out of my wardrobe. I keep kind of when I'm looking at at 
products online and different suppliers and the new mm-hmm. releases, I keep gravitating towards the darker, more somber aspects. So I guess it's a matter of where you are yeah. in the whole life cycle of this crisis. Yeah. I think there's there's something cheerful about not being afraid to just say, you know what? Life is short. Let's have fun here. Mm-hmm. And I have clients where we're doing a bathroom that honestly we designed before COVID. Um, so it's not a reflection on what colors we would have picked post. Um, but we went with just a ton of color saturation in this bathroom because it was their master suite in a South Minneapolis bungalow. And we're doing these blues and turquoises and just moody but playful. And it's not about resale. Mm-hmm. It's about what will fill them up every morning to get in that shower or be in that space. And the wallpaper in the the water closet, as we call it. Um, Classy. Yeah. Well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Um, toilet room sounds depressing when you say it over <laughs> and over again in emails. So the toiletry. So we went for water closet, keeping it old school. Um, splatter paint it in bright color wallpaper. And – there's just something so uplifting and cheerful in that versus, oh, it's a black and white palette and it's classic. Mm-hmm. You know, classic has its place and I'm not against it. I do a lot of classic. But sometimes it's fun to just have fun. I hear you. I mean, it'll be an interesting outcome. Mm-hmm. We'll go back to that. All right. Well, there it is, my friends. We have drunk our way through another episode on behalf of Habitation, the district. Colleen from Woo! Fox Interiors. <laughs> I'd like to wish everybody good luck this week and – you're not going to like this quote, but it's Uh-oh. one of my favorites. It's from Hunter S. Thompson. I hate to advocate drugs, alcohol, violence, and insanity to, ever, to anyone, but it's always worked for me. <clears throat> Good night, everybody. Good night. La, 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 la,